Welcome to the Ignition Point. This is Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where we try every day to help people, our students in particular, learn how to problem solve, critically think, collaborate, and use lifelong guidelines and life skills. We've been discussing relationships and the importance of relationships here at CBA. Um, And today's guest uh, for our interview is Dr. Barry Lucas. He works with our kids in a lot of different aspects at the school, but one in particular is through our engineering, robotics, STEM, uh, related arts focus. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Lucas. Thank you, Mr. Terry. Pleasure to be here and look forward to chatting with you about an often overlooked important aspect of engineering, which is about building relationships with others. You know, we started our conversation before we started recording, and and that came up so much of just the importance of relationships in an area that people don't think about relationships. And as a school, we work on relationships from preschool all the way through 12th grade. And that looks very different at times. And we know that in the lower school, they may be working on relationships of, of the teacher and the student. It's very important for that student to feel like the teacher likes them. And we know that when they get into middle school and high school, that that focus becomes more of the, do the others around me, do my peers like me? And and one of the things we work on is by the time they're in that high school is how to communicate in a way that builds those relationships in with a broader community through LEAP and through Capstone and getting our kids out and saying, okay, now go and use these skills in, in real world scenarios. Uh, it's really fascinating to watch the whole thing. So let's just start with relationships. Uh, you've told me that they're really important in engineering and robotics and, and that, that kind of field. What are things that you do on a regular basis to help build relationships, be that between you and your students or your students with other students or students with community? Just- yeah, that's a, I mean, those are great questions and, and a great jumping off point for this. One of the things I do think that is often overlooked in engineering is the importance of building relationships with others and, and building a relationship that allows you to really work effectively with others. And I think in the engineering community, one of the biggest barriers to that open communication is this anxiety that I'm going to say something that sounds stupid. And <laughs> so it, it, with that in mind, a lot of folks will just sit on their hands and say nothing as opposed to openly communicating and being part of a brainstorming activity. Uh, and I was really fortunate in graduate school to work with some of the thought leaders and industry leaders in my area. And one of the things that really helped me and gave me opportunities that that I'd never expected was the environment that those individuals created in that mentor-student relationship that made it safe just to say not just anything, but to, to, you know, to, to have an idea, to have an original thought without the fear of it being judged or ridiculed. And I think in the classroom, that is one of the first things that you have to create for students in order to get them thinking and sharing ideas. And I think that starts with the teacher often communicating that, that this is a safe space. We have procedures in my classroom on how we brainstorm, how we actively listen to others, how we may question an idea, but it never becomes personal. And my advisors and and mentors had this incredible way of just being open 
and, and, and listening to ideas without any judgment. And I think coming out of some of those meetings and brainstorming sessions with those individuals was just really powerful for me. And I think trying to recreate that environment in the classroom is something that, that I really you know, tried to do on a daily basis. I, I had a conversation outside today with a student who's working on a project for biodegradable fishing line. And it was great because it was just, it was a safe conversation. We were just bouncing ideas back and forth. And you know, again, just trying to create an environment where ideas are being built off each other and not being inhibited by the idea that I'm going to say something that just might sound ridiculous to these people. This idea that you're talking about is, is twofold, and, it, and it's been in other conversations with teachers as well. It's helping the student understand that they have value, but then also understanding the value of listening to others in that group. And so many times, one person can dominate a whole group. You know, they come in and, and maybe they've got it in their head that they have value, but they're missing that understanding that others in my group have value and I need to listen to them. So I'm, I'm fascinated by these procedures that you talked about. So when you're talking about procedures for brainstorming, procedures for idea generation, how much of that is tied to that understanding the value of, of speaking, but also understanding that value of listening? Great point. And I've heard it. There's an old saying that, that most people aren't really sitting around listening. They're just sitting around waiting for the other person to stop talking so they can say something. Right. And I see that quite frequently in the classroom. It, it's, a student is just sitting there waiting for this student to stop sharing his idea so he can share his better idea. I saw this just two days ago. We were doing an activity in engineering, and I had a group of three boys working together. And the situation you just described was very evident. There was one young man who was dominating the conversation. There was a second young man who had a really good idea. And I, I overheard this. And so I, I went over, and, and I didn't interject you know, any of my thoughts into their conversation but tried to make sure that everybody around the table was being heard and everybody's ideas were being listened to. And it ended up with the one student who was sort of the dominant voice in that conversation saying, wow, that's a great idea. I really wasn't listening. And, oh, wow. it, and it, it, it was a really good idea. So having those opportunities real time, you know, if you hear something like this going on, it's often more valuable to be able to step in and, and sort of steer a conversation or help guide a conversation to be more productive than it is to just have a general lesson on brainstorming. So, I mean, active listening is obviously a huge part of the brainstorming process and trying to get kids to understand that you may have a great idea, but your idea and somebody else's idea in combination may be like a world-changing idea. So it's not always about, you know, putting your idea forward or making sure that you're heard, but it's also making sure that you hear what everybody else is saying. And I think, again, that goes back to this value relationship or value proposition that you have in understanding that what other people are saying is important. It does have value. Other people have good ideas. And being able to hear those and digest those is often more valuable than being able to come up with 
you know, a novel idea on your own. Right. The, the thing that I think of with robotics and engineering and being a STEM school, we, we do a lot of, of integration with our science and technology, engineering and math and that sort of thing. And they get to middle school and, and walk into your classroom. Possibly it's the first time ever being in that kind of setting. Your classroom is very unique. And I've been in there multiple times and there's a lot of kids that, you know, you've got projects that are being worked on sometimes that are very different. And, and there's a lot of this ownership and, and being able to work independently that's happening. And, and I know that takes a lot of work from you as a teacher. But one of the things that I think also is very evident in your room is this, this atmosphere you've created of it's okay to fail. And that's something that's hard in, in school because students so often don't want to fail. They want to get the, the right grade or score or whatever for their grade card. And so what are ways through that relationship building that you teach them that it's okay to throw out this idea? It might not be the right idea or to try this and it might fail, but we're going to learn from that. And that's actually more valuable than trying it and just getting it completely right. Great question. And, and I did something this week we often do these these little mini challenges in my classroom so you you show up in the classroom and there's a, a an engineering challenge of the day and um, we did one quite often you know kids walk into a classroom and the teacher gives them a bunch of stuff and it's like build the tallest structure you can you know that supports right. something well this this one was essentially a pendulum or a cantilever type challenge okay so you had to cantilever something out as far as you could and it wasn't about its distance off of a surface, it was how far you could cantilever it from its base point. And the very first day of doing this, I mean, this is such a different activity for these kids that, I mean, pretty much every attempt at this was a failure. <laughs> and in it, not that for lack of trying, it was just lack of experience. So when class wrapped up, I said, if you had the chance to do this again with what you've learned today, could you do it better? And to a person, almost every kid said yes. So today they walked into class and basically the same materials are, are all out. They, got, they had one choice to make with their teammates about what they might change from a material standpoint. They got to make one change and then they got to try it again. Oh, wow. Um, and again, trying to drive home this idea and, and on my agenda for the day, instead of just like the crane picture, which I had for Tuesday, uh, I had a crane picture where the crane had like fallen and crushed a bunch of buildings. <laughs> I'm like, this stuff happens, okay? Right. But we have to learn from it. And so the idea today was you have to try to do better today than you did on Tuesday. Nice. And so I had, you know, students who had done well on Tuesday were trying to do even better. Students who had gotten nowhere on Tuesday were trying to essentially learn from their mistakes or their failures. And I think that drove home the idea of, you know, engineering is an optimization process. It is not a one and done. It's seldom a one and done. If you ever get the one and done, you better be the you better hope it's the one that makes you a million dollars because you may not get another one of those. Right. Um, but I think that, that um, you know, sometimes, as you say, I mean, something failing is, you know, is the best learning experience. Um, I took my kids recently to the Rose Holman competition and um, the very first event of the day for almost every team, but ours in particular, was a total debacle. It, oh, was, no. it was horrible. The lighting was different. There were shadows. The cars were going all over the, 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 the building. 
Um, but I was so proud as a teacher because my students took that and immediately went off and went to work trying to determine how to fix it. So they didn't see it as a failure. It's like, okay, we've got to adapt, we have to optimize, and we have to overcome. So this idea that, that it's okay to, to try, one of my favorite stories, uh, this was a middle school story from several years ago involving STEM fair. And I had two young ladies who wanted to try to build a, an attachment for a drone to pick trash up out of the creek. Okay. Uh, so they wanted to hang a little basket off the back. And I tried to convey to them the idea of, you know, equal and opposite reactions. You know, when the basket hits the water on this long cantilever, you need to be aware of what the drone is going to likely do. First day they're out in the field trying it. Uh, they, you know, go down, try to pick up something out of the water. The net hits the water. <laughs> splash. The drone goes straight into the creek. <laughs> they come running into the classroom and like, you know, we, we drowned the drone and they were like in a panic and I'm like, Hey, it's okay. I mean, you didn't intentionally do this, right? You right. were trying to make something work and things break. Well, it turned out the drone was fine, but for them, I think this was just a really eye opening or it was an opportunity to realize that, that, wow, that's not what I expected. You know, I ruined a drone. I thought I was going to be in trouble. Um, but I was like, look, you know, this was all in trying to, to do better engineering, to do better science. And those types of things happened. And turned out the drone was fine. We went on. Project was a success. But making it safe again, you know, having a relationship with kids so that they know it's okay to come to you and say, this is not working, you know, or I broke this or you know this happened and okay you know it, it goes back you know my rule number two in my classroom if you've been to my classroom is don't burn down the classroom <laughs> and I, I share with them it, that's a metaphor to respect our classroom and to respect the facilities that we have but when I talk about that rule I also make them aware that that we're gonna break stuff you know, we're going to set stuff on fire. You know, we're going to have smoke coming out of circuits. I mean, right. these kinds of things are going to happen. That's all right. You know, we'll learn from it and we'll do better the next time. Absolutely. And yeah, I was listening to your, your talk there of adapt, optimize and overcome. And, and those three really do set the foundation of problem solving. Sure. You know, I've had an issue happen. Well, even if it was a failure, now it's that adapt, it's, it's optimize, it's overcome. It's come up with a better solution. And I know that you do that so well with your students. When you're looking at how your students are building relationships, we talked about that a little bit of, of valuing what the other person has to say. Um, are there specific things that you do at the beginning of the year or are there specific things you do along the way that really pushes this idea of, of working together, of valuing the other person? Um, because middle school really is that tough time where they're starting to value that other person, but they they're still learning kind of how to how to do that and what that means and of course they're flooded with hormones and everything else that's going on um, but even into high school you know I've seen you personally as an instructor teach kids how to be mentors to other other kids there's definitely students that we could mention that might not be appropriate on a podcast right now but to to say you know we've watched this student go from this idea creation as a freshman to 
passing this idea on to other freshmen as a when when this student is a is a senior. So how are you always kind of working on that, building those student relationships with each other, either through just what you do in the classroom, or are there specific things that you're like, I, I really start with this because I know this is going to start that process? Yeah, I mean, when I first came here, I guess I didn't fully understand the value of, of like having a written procedure for things and, and the impact that that can have just on daily conversations and, and daily behavior. And one of the first thing I did was actually, you know, develop this brainstorming procedure and it went on every, every table. And, and we talked about it at the beginning of class and it, it, again, it is all built around the idea of, you know, we are going to respect the ideas of our classmates and, and our peers. And, um, I, I try to convey the idea that there's, there's no bad idea. I mean, okay, there are bad ideas, but in a, <laughs> but in a, in a conversation where, um, you know, we're just sort of having a divergent thought process, let's get it all out there. And we do a lot of, of work with, you know, question focus technique. And one of the rules in the question focus technique when you're asking questions is you simply, it, it, all the questions that you can come up with, you write them down. You don't change them, you don't try to answer them, you don't judge them, it's not like that's a horrible question. It's just, we're gonna get everything out there that we can. We'll take time to go back afterwards and, and distill that down and, and look at those, those questions. But it's, again, it's trying to teach them, especially in that divergent thinking realm, that look, we need as many ideas as we can. And, and you know, middle schoolers sometimes when you give them that, you have to be careful saying we need as many ideas, we need good ideas. You know, <laughs> we need you to try to, to, to focus, but to, to create that space where that divergent thinking process is going on. Yesterday morning, I, I had uh, my engineering class working on sort of a graphic design brainstorming process and we had individual work and then we were coming together at the whiteboard. And so I had like eight kids around one whiteboard, all sketching and sharing ideas and building off of the other's ideas. And so it, it's, it's fun to see when somebody has an idea and then somebody else picks up on that and say, well, what if we did this also? It's always, and I used the, the, the analogy with improv earlier some of the best engineering conversations, I think, and they're, they're faculty, you know, uh, college faculty that use this improv type scheme, everything is yes and. It's not no but, it's always yes and. And if you can get students thinking in that mindset, then ideas are building on each other as opposed to just being stifled and, and shut down. If you're having a conversation, as soon as somebody says, but no, or no, but, I mean, that idea is dead. Right. And so, you know, keeping that flowing and the idea that, that you know, all ideas are important. You never know. And what I tell students about listening to others is you never know what somebody else is going to say that may spark an idea for you that you didn't have had you not heard that other person talking. Wow, And that's, you know, when you think of it that way, it's like 
their idea may not be the end all, but yes, and if we did this, and if we did that too, then all of a sudden you've got compounding ideas as opposed to, to ideas that are being stifled. That is exactly what I think most people listening would say they would want their kid to experience because <laughs> that's what real life looks like, right? It should. Doesn't it should always, look like, but it should. Right. Um, we need more of that maybe yeah. in real life. Maybe right. I should say is that we need more of that in the people that are, are making decisions for our, our uh, communities and, and states and, and federal gov- government and everything else. It's a great conversation to have with you, and I, and I hope the passion that you have in the classroom is coming through on the podcast because I see it uh, as we're recording it. And, <laughs> they can't and I've see seen my it. hands they, waving around. <laughs> if you're hearing the table hit, that's, it's because he's waving his hands around. Uh, but no, it's great. It's a great conversation to have because it really is what happens in that engineering classroom and in that robotics lab. Um, if you ever get a chance to see it, I promise you won't be disappointed and you'll probably wish you were a student again and could have Dr. Lucas in class. I know that I do is when I walk in the classroom. This is the Ignition Point. It's the podcast for Clayton Bradley Academy where every day we work with students to help them problem solve, critically think, collaborate, and use our lifelong guidelines and life skills. This has been a wonderful conversation with Dr. Lucas uh, where he's talked about kids having original thoughts where he's talked about the the relationship to build with students so that they're willing to take risks, that they respect the ideas of others. But I love rule number two, don't burn down the classroom. Uh, That's really (laughs) something that we probably all need to apply to our life. Thank you so much for being with me. My pleasure. Thank you. And we hope that you guys have a wonderful day.